just seeking the Lord during the week and, and saying, Lord, what do you want to say to Harvest Church this Sunday? And uh, I really believe that he's put something on my heart, and I believe it's going to be a challenge, it's going to be a, an exhortation. But before I do, I'd like to just read a passage of Scripture from Philippians chapter 3, verse 7 to 15. Let me just pray before we read. Father, we thank you. We thank you that your word is alive, your word is powerful, it's sharper than a two-edged sword. Thank you, Father, that your word gives life. Thank you, Father, that your word equips us so that we can be ready for every good work. And so we thank you that as we come to your word today, that Father, it would not be me speaking, but it would be your spirit through me speaking. And so, Lord, I yield myself to you, that you might speak and say and do that which you want to do in the blessing and strengthening of your people here in this church. We thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. Philippians 3, verse 7. We're going to read to verse 15. If you've got your Bibles, you can look at it. It is going to be up on the overhead as well. Paul, speaking about himself, writes these words. But whatever were gains to me, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. I consider them garbage that I may gain Christ and be found in Him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness that comes from God on the basis of faith. I want to know Christ. Yes, to know the power of His resurrection and participation in His sufferings, becoming like Him in His death, and so somehow, attaining to the resurrection from the dead. Not that I have already obtained all this, or have already arrived at my goal, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining towards what is ahead, I press on toward the goal, to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. All of us then, who are mature, should take such a view of things. Today I want to speak to you about radical Christianity. I believe in being radical for the Lord Jesus Christ. And it's something that I'm trying to be in my daily life. And I believe that God wants a church that is radical. He wants believers that are radical. And if there's anything in this world that is needed today and in this nation that is needed today, it's radical Christians. I believe God wants to raise up an army of radical Christians. You know, when we talk about the word radical, sometimes people get a bit nervous of that word. 
And certainly in the world today, when you mention the word radical in connection with religion, it certainly creates some nervous laughter and some nervous uh, statements. But John Wesley said this. He said, give me 100 preachers who fear nothing but sin and desire nothing but God, and I care not whether they be clergymen or laymen, they alone will shape the gates of hell and set up the kingdom of heaven on earth. What a statement. John Wesley was a man who was radical. He said, if you want people to come and listen to you, just let God set you on fire and they'll come and watch you burn. <laughs> That's the kind of believers that God is looking for. He doesn't just want, as he mentions there, it's not just to do with clergymen and laymen. It's to do with people who know Jesus Christ. Whether you work in some business or whether your job is like what I do, preaching the gospel, makes no difference. What God wants is radical Christians in every sector of society. And so that's why I want to talk to you about it today. It's actually impossible for someone to have faith in Jesus Christ and not be radical. I don't believe it's possible. Because to follow Jesus is to follow the most radical person that has ever lived on this planet. I mean, everything that he did was radical. His ministry was radical. His miracles were radical. His teaching is radical. His ways were radical. He shook the status quo because he was radical. If we follow Him, I believe that's the kind of people we become. That's the kind of people we, we naturally become. Because He rubs off on us. There was none that was more radical than this man that we read about today. The Apostle Paul. As we read those words in Philippians 3, we're reading the words of someone who was radical. Today as we were praying, was talking about surrender. And as he said that, I, I sort of did this. Because that's what the Lord is after. People that are surrendered to Him, given to Him in every aspect of their lives. When we talk about radical Christianity, we're not talking about some brand new form of Christianity. Something that we've never seen before. But we're talking about Christianity as it's described in the Scriptures. What the Bible teaches, what the Bible says. That's what we're talking about. We're not talking about going and cloistering ourselves in some monastery and spending the rest of our lives separated from humanity. We're not talking about being stupid like one man who sold his house and his business and took his kids out of school and went up to Kariba to sit on a rock and wait for the return of the Lord Jesus. We're not talking about that. We're not talking about something like what happened in Jonestown, Guyana in 1978, where Jim, Jim Jones led 918 of his followers to commit suicide uh, because they believed that's what God wanted them to do. We're not talking about that. We're not talking about something like an Islam extremism. In fact, radical Christians are nothing like radical Muslims. Radical Muslims want to wrap bombs around their bodies and go and blow up innocent people and uh, they want to fly aircraft into buildings. But radical Christians are like Jesus. 
who was anointed with the Holy Spirit and power and went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil. Radical Christians are like the apostles who turned the world upside down. Radical Christians are given to blessing and building and healing and encouraging. That's what radical Christians are given to. In fact, radical Christians make the best husbands. If you haven't got a husband yet, look for a radical Christian. Why? Because they love their wives as Christ loves the church. And they love their wives as they love their own bodies and as they love themselves. Radical Christians make the best wives. So if you're looking for a wife, you know what to look for. Why? Because they respect their husbands. They submit to them as unto the Lord. They make the best parents because they raise their children in the training and the teaching and the admonition of the Lord. And they raise their children to be a blessing to society. Not to take from it, but to give to it. Radical Christians make the best employees. Do you know that Christians should be the best employees in the world? Businessmen, owners of businesses should be looking for Christians to employ. Because they'll be the best. That's the way it should be. Radical Christians make the best employees because they're self-motivated. They're diligent. They're not lazy. They're trustworthy and they are striving for excellence. They make the best employers because they are aware that they themselves have a master who is in heaven. That's right. And they're not greedy. They're not harsh. They're not unreasonable, but they're kind and fair. Radical Christians make the best friends because they stick closer than a brother. And they will bear with each other's grievances and weaknesses and, and failings. And they will forgive each other. And they will lay down their lives for each other. That's what a radical Christian does. Radical Christians make the best church members because rather than coming to church to be served, they come to serve. And they seek the best for the congregation. They're not fault finders, but encouragers. They're not just given to criticizing, but they are willing to do what it takes to solve the problems that may arise in the church. Radical Christians make the best citizens because they are respectful, they are submissive, they are law-abiding, and they pay their taxes. Why? Because they desire only to do good and to have the blessing of, the, of God resting upon the nation. This nation needs radical Christians. We need radical Christians in every place, in every sector of the society. Radical Christians are unique because they love their enemies. They do good to those that hate them. They pray for those who persecute them. No one else in the world does that. They defend and they help the poor. They stand up for justice and for the rights of the weak and the helpless. They are lovers of truth, committed to speaking it, and contending for it always. And that may bring them some persecution at times. And they may be misunderstood, and they may be called homophobes and bigots. But they're not doing it out of a heart of judgment. They're doing it out of love and a desire to save. They are the salt in a very corrupt world 
and they are light in the darkness. They are servants of God, ambassadors of Christ, ministers of reconciliation, peacemakers, spreading the fragrance of the knowledge of God in every place they go. That's how God wants every one of us to be. That when we walk into a place, we carry with us the very fragrance of the knowledge of God and the very fragrance of Jesus Christ. You know, at times we don't even realize that we carry that fragrance. You know, if you take perfume, ladies, you put perfume on, you don't even actually smell your own perfume. But when you walk into a room, the people in that room smell that you've come. And that's the way it is when we are walking with the Lord, when we are committed to Him, surrendered to Him, full of the Holy Spirit. We walk into a room and we don't realize that we're carrying the fragrance and the very aroma of Christ. But when we walk in there, people know. They sense it, they smell it, they see something different in us. Radical Christians are not perfect. Isn't that nice to know? That means we can all be a part of this group. Paul even said, I haven't obtained it all. I haven't arrived. I'm still pressing on. I'm still striving to reach that goal. And that's what a radical Christian is doing. He's pressing on to lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has taken a hold of him. He's not perfect, but he's committed to dealing with the issues in his lives. And so he's constantly changing. There's constant transformation happening in him. Radical Christians are always striving to be more like Jesus. They are willing to say sorry. Not too proud to go to someone and say, sorry, I messed up. What I said was wrong. I was insensitive, whatever it might be. And radical Christians are willing to forgive each other. Willing to say, you're released. You're free. I won't hold it against you. Radical Christians may get angry when a commuter cuts in front of them. But that anger won't last for long. They will forgive. Radical Christians are not greedy, but generous. Not selfish, but self-sacrificing. For them, life is not about leisure and pleasure, but serving God and doing good. It's not about obtaining the praise of man and having notoriety, but about obtaining the praise of the everlasting and true God. Radical Christians are living for that, that final praise where the Lord will say, well done, my good and faithful servant. Is that what we're living for today? Radical Christians have a heavenly mindset because they know that as long as they are here in this body, they are on a mission. And they have a goal. And they are living for eternity. They realize this world and everything in it, the life that they now have, is temporary. And it's passing away. One day, we will not be here. One day, everything that we have, our cars, our homes, will not be here. They're all coming to an end. Radical Christians are not concerned about storing up treasures for themselves here on earth where thieves break in and steal, and where rust and moth corrupt, they're concerned about laying out for themselves treasures in heaven. 
Purses that will never wear out. Where thieves do not break in and steal. Where rust and uh, moths do not destroy. Radical Christians are those that have seen Jesus Christ for who He really is. And they've experienced His saving power. And they know that He can save the worst of sinners. They've tasted the goodness of God. They know the love of God and the grace of Jesus Christ and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. And the gospel accounts are not just words on a page, but they are living inside their hearts. They believe God's promises and their hearts are full of faith, hope and love. They want to know Jesus better and experience His power at work. Transforming not only themselves, but everyone around. They are committed to Jesus. And they value His people so highly that they are willing to suffer loss and experience hardship and pain just to do what He did. And that serve those He loves. They want to please Him and do His will. And that's what their lives are all, are all about. They are convinced there is a resurrection, and so they do not fear death. They are those that Revelation 12, 11 speaks about, where it says, By the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony, they overcome the devil, for they did not love their lives so much as to shrink from death. That's a radical Christian. Church, harvest churches, I stand here before you today. I believe that this is the kind of life that God has called every single one of us into in Christ. I believe the time for lukewarm Christianity and for a shallow faith is over. God wants His people on fire. God wants His people with a, a flame upon their heads like in the day of Pentecost. And He wants to use each and every one of us. He's placed every single one of us exactly where we are. No matter where we work, we are there as ambassadors and representatives of the Lord Jesus Christ. We are there as light and salt. We are there to do the will of God. Our job is not what defines us. That's not what makes us who we are. It's our relationship with Jesus. That's what defines us and makes us who we are. Let's not spend our days in futility, chasing things that are meaningless. Let's not live our lives blindly, failing to see the things which now are unseen. May God give us eyes that can see, and ears that can hear, and hearts that can understand and respond to all He's saying to us. Let's not live our lives for the desires of this world, but let's live our lives for the will of God. As the Apostle John said, the world and its desires will pass away, but the one who does the will of God will live forever. This nation today needs Jesus freaks. This nation today needs people who are willing to pay the price. Whether we're young, whether we're old, it makes no difference. God 
has called every single one of us. And I believe that He's raising up an army of believers. Not an army that's going to destroy, but an army that's going to build up. An army that's going to do good. An army that's going to pray for the sick and they're going to be healed. An army that's going to know uh, the right word at the right time to say to somebody. An army of people that know Jesus, love God with all their hearts, hate sin, and will do whatever God asks them to do. And I'm always encouraged when I come across people like that. People that are on fire for God. And I always say, the last thing I ever want to do is put out the fire of God. I want to fan that into flame. And I believe that that's what the Lord is wanting to do today. In every single one of us. He wants us to be a part of the solution. A part of the solution. So many problems everywhere. Who's going to be the solution? I believe God's people are the solution. God's people are the solution in this nation. God's people are the solution for what God wants to, to accomplish in this nation. We're His mouthpiece. We're His hands. We're His feet. We're carriers of His presence. Let's just stand to our feet. I want to pray with you before we close today. I want to, first of all, just ask you if this is the kind of people the kind of person you want to be. Because I believe today that if we will lift up our hands and we will ask God and we will call on Him, He will work this in us. He'll take fear of man away from us. And He will, he will bring that boldness and that courage that comes from the Holy Spirit. So let's just pray today. Would you mind just lifting your hands? When I'm in crusades, doing crusades around the country, I always get people to lift their hands. And sometimes people say to me, why do, you, why do you get us to lift our hands? And I say to them, well, you know, a little child that wants to be lifted up, what does a little child do? Yeah. Comes to the feet of his mother, his father, and says, lift me up. And when we lift our hands in prayer, it's a sign not only of surrender, but it's also a sign of saying, Lord, Come and lift us. Place your hands upon us. Fill us afresh with your Holy Spirit. And that's what we want to ask today. So let's pray together right now. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you that we can come to you. We thank you that you're a God who is able to do exceedingly and abundantly above all that we can ever ask for or imagine. According to your power that is at work in us. And so today, Father, we come with lifted hands. We desire to be everything that you have called us to be, created us to be, and prepared us to be. Thank you that you have saved us out of darkness and brought us into your marvelous light. Thank you that we are a holy nation and a royal priesthood and a people that have been set apart for your very purposes. And so, Lord, we lift our hands and we say, Father, fill us afresh today with your Spirit, your Holy Spirit, whom you have given us and sent from heaven upon us and who dwells in us. Fill us with your Holy Spirit, Father, that we would not fear man, but, Father, that we would fear only you. Father, fill us with your love that we would hate nobody, but only hate sin. 
Fill us, Father, with the presence that comes from heaven so that every place we walk into, people would sense there is something different about us. Father, we come before you today. We know that we are nothing, but you are everything. We know that you're the God who works through us. We know that we're just instruments in your hand. So, Father, fill every single one of us today that we would be part of your solution in this nation, part of the answer that you are sending for the people of this nation, that we would be hope to this nation, that we would be light in the darkness, that we'd be salt where there's corruption. Father, that we would be righteousness in the midst of wickedness, and that, Lord, you would use us as your people, Father, to bring your blessing and your truth to the people of this nation wherever we go. I pray, Father, for every person here, because, Lord, you have placed your hand upon every single one of us. Not one of us is excluded. And, Father, in every place that you send us and have placed us, in every neighborhood that we, we are in, and every person that we come into contact with and touch, we pray that we would be ready, we would be prepared, we'd be instruments in the hands of God. Father, we thank you that you hear our prayers. And so, Lord, we, we offer ourselves to you today our bodies to you today as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing and acceptable to you. We say, Father, here we are. Lord Jesus, Son of the living God, we love you and we offer ourselves to you. Lord Jesus, live in us. Speak through us. Use our hands to bring healing to the sick, to show people that you are alive. We thank you, Lord, that you are with us, that you are in us. We thank you. We are your people. We bless you. Thank you, Lord. I want to encourage you. Open your hearts to the Lord. And never think that God cannot use you. Never think that. He will. All he's looking for. It's not perfect vessels. All he's looking for is yielded vessels. Obedient vessels. Surrendered vessels. That's all he's looking for. And every one of us can be that. In the way that God has called us individually to be. God is good. We're seeing wonderful things happening around this nation. God is at work in this nation. And I want to encourage you with that. He is doing incredible things in this nation. And we are seeing His hand in the most amazing ways. Ways that we read about in the Bible. We're seeing it happening here in this nation. Jesus is alive. Do you believe that today? He's seated on the throne. Hallelujah. He is coming back again. In the meantime, there's work for us to do. Amen.